Hello and welcome to the Daft Souls podcast. It's me, Matt Lees, joined by Joe Scrabbles. It's me, Joe Scrabbles. Joined by... <laughs> it's me, Joe Scrabbles. Joined by Matt Lees. Joe Scrabbles, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. And there's no one else here, which no. is why we both sort of introduced ourselves twice. Mm. Make it kind of add an element of a richness, well, yeah. depth. Just yeah. layer that up, make it sound like the room's full, like this is a live podcast to ourselves. In front of an audience of ourselves. Right, isn't it always a live podcast to ourselves? Are we not entertaining ourselves in an omnistic fashion. Are you absolutely sure I ever upload any of these? Mm, I've listened to one or two because I like listening to my opinions Damn, you've broken my Matrix (laughs) joke. God damn it! Anyway, um, video games. Mm. So this week I have played a little bit of stuff. To be honest, I've kind of been still reeling from our subterfuge game, which uh, the first part of that episode went up uh, uh, today when we're recording, but the next part will be up tomorrow. Or the day after tomorrow. Good lord, it's really hard when you record podcasts and upload them at different times. It'll be up this Wednesday. Um, it's worth watching if you want to see people gradually uh, declining into sadness. It is. It's really good. Like from a personal perspective, it's really good watching because there's something amazing about seeing the. Because we were all nervous mm. at the start, but we were excited. Yeah, and you can hear that in everyone except Pip who had recorded it after she'd finished. Yes. And so there is a world weariness that you will come to hear in everyone's voice. Yeah. In her clip. And it's fascinating. It's, uh, I mean, we won't spoil anything else, but it's, it's, it was interesting in the fact that, like, you know, the devs have been quite excited about that, the videos we made because, you know, they, they're quite well produced. They're quite, and they, the first one especially is a really good introduction to the game and what it's like and what it's about. But I'll be interested to see what their reactions are as the series continues <laughs> because I think it's towards the end that I was, like, enjoying it again, but there are some really bleak moments. It's a, it's a very strange series, and I'm We've only edited a little bit of it, but already it's like, yeah, this is not going to be like any other sort of Let's Play Diary series of any yeah. game. It's more of a, a tale of humans falling apart. Yeah, it's not your Fun and Japes held up as stuff. No, <laughs> it isn't Fun and Japes. It isn't like, hey, it's your boy, da da da. An existential crisis <laughs> and not trusting anyone anymore. No, no, no. I'm no, wondering no. what the point in life is. Anyway, um, I've been playing something a bit lighter than that recently. Mm. Um, I'll really briefly say, actually, I finished Undertale. Oh, I'm really? Really glad I did because it got a bit soggy towards the middle end. Mm. Um, it, uh, there was a character, because the thing is, it's all like character based humour, and there's one of the characters that was very sweet, but I didn't find it very funny, and I just got a bit fed up. There was a series of puzzles towards the end, and I was just like, just do the thing. Like, mm. Just let me finish this, let me get to the plot. Had some lovely plot beats, had some lovely in jokes to do with video games that I adored. But I did almost kind of start to lose interest because it was the pace was just a bit clunky and I was like, oh, no, no. And I'm glad I stuck with it because the last few hours blew my mind. Really? Really blew my mind, yeah. I wasn't expecting that combination of words. No. So it's like legitimately eye-opening. Is it blows, blows your mind in that it changes or that it become becomes what it is so well? Yes, a combination of both. Interesting. It's not a very good answer, but um, yeah, it's hard to say anything without spoiling it. Yeah, of but, course. Uh, but no, I mean, I got into Undertale because it was this really charming, fun thing that had a really good sense of humour and, and heart. Um, it kind of made me quite sad at times. And then I realised it did some very clever things, and I started hmm. to realise, I was like, hang on a minute, this is doing some weird stuff that games don't do in quite an interesting mechanical level. And then, um, as the game goes on, it kind of almost plays with that more, and it gets a bit more meta, and it becomes something more. So I went into it expecting a kind of twee, fun, light, funny JRPG thing, and Mm. it ends up being something quite, quite something else. 
that's very maybe obsessed with it in retrospect. It's it's nothing like braid, but it's a bit braidy, and the fact that uh-huh. when you finish it, you kind of go, what? And then it leaves, gets into your head, and you start to look at everything a bit differently, and you start to like re-examine it. And I then went and like I didn't play through the whole game again, but you can kind of like reload a save before the end and then play it again, and different things happen and. Yeah, I, I got to the point where I thought, oh, it's the end. I'm going to finish it now in about 15 minutes. And then ended up actually, no, I played it for about two hours more. Wow. And some of the stuff that happened within that two hours was fascinating. And I've now just become a bit, now I get why, now I get it, you see. Because the thing is, I was playing it and I thought, this is a fun game. I like it. It's very funny. It made me laugh a lot. Mm. But I saw all these people, especially on Cool Ghosts, I saw all these people in the comments thread saying like, oh, I love Undertale. I love it. All these people who changed their like avatars on Twitter to Undertale characters, I was like, people are really obsessed by this game. Like, yeah. And I didn't quite get that. I thought, yes, this is really good, but why are people so obsessed? And now when I've, I've finished it, it's really got under my skin in a way, which is fascinating. And the really fascinating thing is because you can go through the game and kill everything. Yeah. Um, I couldn't do that. Right. So I finished the game with a kind of neutral ending where you kind of like... you maybe like you didn't completely kill everything but then you can finish it again and do a pacifist ending so you get a kind of longer ending because you didn't kill anything for the whole game Mm -hmm. and I'd recommend doing that it's really good okay Um, but then there's another one where you can get the genocide ending (laughs) just is what the community are calling it of just killing everything Mm. and I can't do it like even though I know that I'll go through and I will legitimately get to see different things and it will be different it will mean going back into that world and murdering all of those characters it reminds me I can't do it uh, of there is an amazing bit of writing. This fits in very well with my feelings on Dark Souls as a whole, which is that I much prefer writing about Dark Souls, reading writing about Dark Souls, than I do playing it. I don't get. I prefer reading people's coalesced thoughts about it. There's an amazing piece by a guy called Alex. I don't know his last name because he doesn't use it very often. um, About finishing Dark Souls and the only thing left for him to do is going back and killing all the NPCs in the game and how that makes him feel doing it. Mm. And it is absolutely amazing. Because he's. He, I, I think he's... Because he needed items that you could only get from... Yes, I think so. Well, it's, it's, not even, it's not even from a mechanical perspective. It's just going, I go back to this person and this is what happens and the things they say are really interesting in the context of having finished Dark Souls. And I think he's a poet, like in real life. Gotcha. And so it's written with this, like, beautiful, haunting tone. It's an amazing bit of writing. I can't remember what the piece is called, but you'll be able to find it if you search for Alex Dark Souls killing NPCs. It, w- it was up for some journalism prizes and stuff a couple of years ago. It's really good. But it reminds me of that, that, that yeah. feeling of, like, can you bring yourself to fuck with the stuff that you loved most about a game? Like, yeah, and, I mean, there's there's other elements as well to do with the, the, the really, really clever stuff that this game does that, that actually add to that as well. It's not quite as simple as being, like, I don't want to hurt these characters. Mm. There's more to it than that. Okay. Um, uh, but I won't say any more on that. But it's just fascinating how I went on YouTube and I was, like, looking up the endings and looking up these bits from the game, that, mm. that how it pans out if you do it that way. Because, mm. actually, the dialogue is different. And the way that the game events pan out is really different. Nice. Um, in quite an unpleasant way. And I hadn't really realised how unpleasant it is until I started looking it up and reading up and going, fuck. Like, nice. I, I'm glad I'm not doing this because it would be horrible. How long is it all told? Um, it took me about six, seven hours to beat. Oh, that's good. Um, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's also it's that thing of like, the, uh, last time on last week's, I was complaining about how I was stuck on a boss. 
and I thought the game was too hard. So mm. it wasn't. I just hadn't worked out what I had to do. So it's the sort of Classic. game where you know Google, but Google carefully, basically. Like yeah, 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 yeah. If you if something seems too hard and you're trying to do the pacifist route, if something seems too hard, just stop and Google it. Because honestly, like otherwise. I spent about two hours practicing a boss fight and in the end I went to bed thinking, oh, I'm just too tired. Mm. And then got up and had a coffee and just sat for another hour and it was like, it was actually a really simple thing I could have done. To, huh. And then I won and I was kind of annoyed because I was like, I literally wasted so much time. And another thing I'd recommend um, is really important is just spend your money on healing items. Always keep your inventory full of healing items. Whenever you get any opportunity to buy some, buy them, mm. use them. Because there was a couple of times in the game where I got to a boss fight I couldn't do it. I didn't have any healing items and I had to just walk back to the last town <laughs> nice. to buy some stuff. And it's not that far. It's only like, you know, it was mad. I was getting really frustrated by this because it's like, oh, I've got to backtrack. And it's like, yeah, you backtrack for like five minutes of your time. Mm. But like, it feels like a lot. It feels time. egregious. It's like, yeah. there's not, the fact that you shouldn't have to do it is the problem as opposed to what it actually is that you're doing. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's it's fantastic. I'm really glad I stuck with it. I'm really glad that I kept doing it because it is just this sort of it's um it's a hell of a thing and it's something that's like it's going to get harder like to avoid spoilers because I think that it's it's something which is going to be continued to talk about because it does things mechanically which I don't really think many other games have ever done and you probably will see people talking about it again and again for a while. Mm. Um but yeah, very cool. And actually I mean like I've been listening to the the soundtrack in isolation since finishing the game and it's an amazing soundtrack but it's almost mm. that thing of being like I want to keep consuming it in the same way that people who get obsessed with Dark Souls just keep playing yeah. it again and again. It's like I finished it twice and then I, I've listened to the soundtrack but it's like it's funny how there's a whole other playthrough for me. Like, there's a whole other playthrough mm. but I can't do it. <laughs> and the number of people in the comments watching this video being like oh yeah thumbs up if you you're here watching this because you can't do it. And there's loads of people who are just like yeah I can't I can't do this. That's right? really interesting. So I'll watch somebody else do it. What a strange little movement. That's fun. And it's even clever things like I think um somebody discovered and this is a slight spoiler but nothing too heavy is that somebody's discovered that the game actually can tell when people are recording or streaming. And so there is occasionally bits of dialogue which are almost like making reference to the idea that somebody else is watching. No way. Yeah, so that's a little thing so it's like almost the game knows that some people won't want to do some things and will watch it online and then has... It's like, that. so, it's like the idea you can't escape the game, you're still a part of the game, even when you're not. Wow. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, that's, that's the real deal. It is the real deal. And there's lo- there's other stuff that's kind of similar to that that the game does um, that's really, really clever. That's something that's like kind of, yeah, it's a, it's a bit spoilery, but at the same time, you probably wouldn't find that out unless you, you know, whatever. Like, that's some pure Metal Gear Solid stuff. That's like... The next step is it's going to start reading like your browser tabs. It is, it is actually weirdly, yeah, it's a bit Metal Gear Solid in a weird way for for something that appears quite twee and, and airy and light. Just it's, breaks out and goes, "Hello, Joe. I see you enjoy X Hamster." It's <laughs> X Hamster. Do you really look at that kind of stuff, Joe? No, no, no that sounds no, filthy. I've just heard about it. You just in the heard world. about it. Sure, I'm on the internet all day. So yeah, Sometimes it's a big a big recommendation from me for, for Undertale. I keep thinking if there's a way I can do a video about it, but it's very difficult to say much about it because mm. um, I, it's like to, at some point I would like to have a discussion about the the, the game in a spoilery capacity because I think it's some really interesting stuff. But now's not the time to continue this general theme of things that we can't really talk about. So I'll go over it as quickly as I can. Would you like to talk about the final episodes of Life is Strange and Tales from the Borderlands? I have not followed either of these series. 
Okay. Right. Now I've had Jim uh, talk about a lot. Jim Trinker from mm. Video Game has been on here. He talks about Life is Strange a lot. Yep. He's told me the gist of it. He's avoided spoilers. And everyone I've spoken to has said that Life is Strange is brilliant. I think Life is Strange might actually be one of the most important games of this year. Wow. After it, now that it's finished. Because I was that thing is I was waiting. I thought, yeah. well, I've missed it. I'm not going to get the water cooler moments. No. Because I don't have a water cooler. <laughs> you should get one, man. Get one in the corner and just stand on it. That'd be great. We could go and stand over there, talk. The water cooler moment could just be you on a water cooler. It yeah. doesn't, you don't need anyone else there. Just be alone. Just listen to it burble. It'd be nice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're the best of friends in my head now. Blue. Me and the That's water That's what you cooler. want. You want the bloop. But I'm actually really glad that everyone's saying it's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's legitimately... Um, bewildering and fantastic and the final episode does it at the same time it does exactly what i wanted it to do but at the same time confounded me by how it did it um it starts off it starts off as you expect it to and it's uh intense we'll put it that way and then it goes fully off the rails and becomes this like rabbit hole that reflects back on everything that you have played to that point. Interesting. Um, and a fairly major thing that one review I've seen that I have major problems with, um, it does the telltale thing that will annoy some people, this review I saw included. Oh, which it doesn't is actually matter. A lot of the stuff you do doesn't matter. It's just reflected in conversation. Sure. But the entirety of the final episode is kind of about the fact that the idea of having control over this situation is a total folly, and that if you believe that you should, you're a moron. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's so it becomes this like critique of itself. And I know I've been on here months ago with with Pip talking about how we had very different opinions on the first episode, which it feels like teen fiction. By the fifth episode, is it is not teen fiction anymore, and it is casting that first episode in a new light in really interesting ways fascinating it's amazing like really really interesting and then on the on the flip side the under the, the unsung thing of this week is that tales of the borderlands is finished as well tales from the borderlands and it's not as french though is it it's not but that's it it's so life is strange is taking the telltale formula and turning it in on itself and understand like fixing its mechanics that don't quite work and making choice and consequence a joke because you can rewind and commenting on that and making that part of the fabric of the game. Tales from the Borderlands goes, we're a telltale game. We're never going to get away from the fact that we're built into this structure now. Right. Fuck it. We're pure entertainment. And it's no longer about, what do I do in this situation? How do I survive longer? Is this going to benefit me? Is this going to hurt me? It's just going, what do I think the funniest thing to do in this situation is? And just choosing punchlines constantly. And it becomes this, like, if it was slightly more sedate, it would be gaming's first sitcom. It's like this cast of characters <laughs> that you love. There's this kind of, like, couple who, at the at the forefront, who have this combative relationship, but who kind of fall... They're, they're never... Uh, they're never romantic, but they fall in and out with each other. And they have this, like, are they going to be friends? Are they going to be enemies? Where are they going to end up? And then there's this cast of characters around them who drift in and out. Some of them disappear for whole episodes and come back. And it has that sitcom brilliance of, like, I really want to see that guy again. And then he comes back yeah. and you're like, yeah, he's yeah, fucking Vaughn with his weird handsome chest. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it, it just plays it for laughs and plays it as... Um, but it's just a bit more, like, upbeat and... Exactly. And it's it has touching moments, but it's... It's Telltale going, fuck it, we'll be entertainment. If people have a problem with not making enough impact, 
will just make it fun mm. and will just make the experience of playing it. Your interaction with it is just choosing the way you want it to be funny. Because I always found that the Borderlands uh, sense of humour to be really hit and miss. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of it I loved, other bits I just thought were like trash. Mm. Like I know that, um, uh, is it that T- Tiny Tina was like a favourite character for yes. Borderlands 2? I thought it was terrible. Yeah, this is a... This is quite a lot more nuanced than that. So those kind of characters sort of live on the fringes. Because I loved, but... in the second game, I loved Claptrap in that. I just loved mm. that he was painted as this really tragic guy who just wanted to spend time with you. Yeah. And that was just really sad because especially it felt like a great comment on the fact that there is none of that in mm. those games. You are always cashing in a quest, running off, yeah. teleporting, shooting things cashing in and it's like kind of uh, the whole game is built on this mad pace and, and all Claptrap wants is for you to just stay and yeah and just be and just be, be around for a bit and yeah. then he, him going off and inventing all these stories about how you and him are doing stuff it was like <laughs> it sounded like it was a lovely layered thing in the fact there was this idea of Claptrap was telling everyone that like he was responsible for all these heroics mm. and that you were kind of like helping him do it which kind of came across, I guess, on a base level of it being like the classic thing of, oh, he's a liar, he's trying to gain the glory. But I just thought it was like another echo of his loneliness, that he just wanted to be a part of it. Well, and it's, it's almost as if they've taken some of that tone and made that the central part, because for a start, the, most of the game is told in flashback. So the idea that you're ever going to change anything is sort of a joke anyway, because you know you have to get to this point at some point. But it's the two characters telling it, and sometimes their stories contradict each other. Huh. So they'll break in and go, no, that's not how it played out. And you'll play the same scene in a different perspective. And stuff so it's like almost that. like uh, like um, both these games, both uh, Tales of the Borderland and Life is Strange, are almost like two different punchlines to the same joke. Exactly. They, they're both going, this structure, this, doesn't has, work. <laughs> this structure doesn't work. What can we do with it? And commenting on it in two completely different ways. And... I, I love Life is Strange, but it's impossible to talk about because it's such a comment on itself. Do you think this... Because I, mean, I remember um, when we talked about this the first time a while ago, I think uh, Quentin was saying that he doesn't go back and change anything in Life is Strange. He just sticks yeah. with this thing. Do you think that's mad? or do you th- Not mad, but do you think that's like no, taking away some of the enjoyment of the changing game? Changing stuff... I mean, there's a, there's a couple of bits where it's an actual puzzle mechanic, so you, you have to mess with stuff. Right. But beyond that, not changing things is fine because it's... In as much the the best moment to, uh, to explain the sort of metaphor of that to get really poncy about it, the metaphor of that mechanic is in the first uh, episode. You go out onto a quad, and there's all the cliques from the school sitting around, and you go up to each one. Well, you don't have to at all; you can just walk past them. But I went up to each one, talked to them, got made fun of, rewound, and said a cooler thing, and then they liked me. And so the whole thing is about a teenager going. Oh, fuck, I wish I'd said that. Yeah. I wish I'd known the term for, like, the skateboard clique. Or I wish I'd known how to fly a drone. Because that's the cool things to do as a teenager. Um, so it has this sense of, like, becoming who you are is sort of faking it. It's sort of becoming a figment. And then as the game goes on, that's deconstructed further and further into your, like, without... It's impossible to talk about without spoiling it. But you'll, no, you'll yeah. start deconstructing a person based on what they choose to do. And then, but this is the thing, is like, you can't talk about this without talking about what's happened in it. The thing about Tales from the Borderlands, which means it's going to be overlooked because of this, but that I love, is that it just goes, well, no, we're going to stick really cool licensed music as the opening credits every time. We're going to have Hollywood quality voice actors. So there's Patrick Warburton, Chris Hardwick, like really funny, interesting, good voice people Mm -hmm. sitting around. And the whole thing's just like this... Brilliant. It's it's almost like 
it's hard. To, it's almost like the Uncharted of adventure games in the sense of it's this like high gloss, like Hollywood production of just like enjoy yourself, just have fun with what we're yeah, giving you, yeah. and don't worry too much about it. And some people won't. That won't be what they're after from it. But it's, I do love that stuff though. And there's often not enough of that. Yeah. Just being like, we've made this for you to just really enjoy yeah and, and it's not going to challenge you that much you're just going to go through it and have a great time and exactly life is strange is a harrowing experience tales from the borderlands is just like explosions and spaceships and like meeting people and guys going to their heroic end and bad guys and you know like just fucking like this like delicious this fucking dessert of a game just stuff <laughs> it's just brilliant like p- just plunging your face into I'm it and coming out in, smiling drowning in profiteroles it's so and I good I don't care it's great it's just yeah it's a lovely thing and it's like both of them are way up in my games of the year oh, you just put a big buffet table in front of me exactly I don't know what to do yeah. I don't know what to do with my it's life extremely well made <laughs> otlengi vegan main meal which is life is strange and then like a fucking vat of custard because um, <laughs> I think I've played the first maybe two episodes of uh, the Game of Thrones one see I still don't I've I've not played any of that and I've got it I kind of yeah I like the problem is there's just too many of these things now yeah. and it becomes this thing of being like at first they're amazing because it's like I can play an episode in an hour and a half mm. but then when you've got like loads of them and they're all finished it's like well actually now it's like eight nine hours each yeah. for each one yeah but I should I should make a start on one of them, especially um, as I was kind of holding off on Life is Strange because I was really worried everyone was going to go, yeah. oh, they've ruined it, everything's mm. rubbish, and you know, like lost in it, you know, basically. Yes, yeah. Because um, it seemed to have similar themes of being a bit weird, and it's like it could just go off the rails and be terrible. My my favourite thing about Life is Strange currently is that Don't Nod, who are quite a small studio who make it, have already announced their next game. So I know that they're not going to make Life is Strange Season 2 anytime soon, and I hope they never do because it is it is a perfect little construction and if they try to make it a wider world it will fall apart under its own weight sure yeah so I just want it to exist I want it to be like this I want it to be like a, the cool novels that everyone talks about in that game I want it to be like have you read Ray Bradbury have you played Life is Strange like something teenagers will be like talking about it's a thing for hip points like yeah it deserves to be that I really I really kind of want to give it a proper chance mainly because of the fact that I remember when um Remember Me came out. Mm. I played like the first half an hour, 40 minutes of it because, you know, when I was at Video Game, one of the things we'd do would be to play the first half an hour things to make a video so you can just keep people a German impression. Mm. And uh, I just really thought it was pretty awful. I thought the combat was substandard. I thought the voice acting was appalling and I thought the script was was very weak Mm. and it seemed to be like kind of very heavily hinging on like really quite obvious clever puns. Like, oh, it's called this. And I really just thought this game's trash. And I kind of like slated it a bit, mm. like prematurely, maybe you know, maybe in a way, sort of in retrospect, it's well at the time it was what I did, and that's just the way it is. Mm. But now I wouldn't do that because I'm just a different person. I have a different approach. Uh, I think you know I'm a bit less sensationalist with my approach to mm. everything. Um, but I always feel a bit bad because since then I've, I've spoken to lots of people who were like, you know, that game was actually like that game There's was actually pretty stuff. good yeah I never played it at all but and it's what I hear yeah it's what I hear and it's one of those things where it's like yeah that's kind of why you shouldn't like slate something for playing it for 40 minutes I, but um, I always feel like as a studio I kind of I mean you know it's kind of partially their fault for making the first 40 minutes of the game trash yeah. <laughs> but at the same time I always feel like no actually they're clearly a student a studio with promise and I feel bad having kind of vaguely probably in their eyes wronged them 
Um, so I'd like to go back and check something of theirs out, which is supposed to be actually really, really good. Well, that's the kind of, that's the amazing thing is like I really was not a fan of episode one of Life is Strange, and unfortunately because it's episodic, all I had to review at the time was yep. episode one. And then I think I told this story where I got slightly jumped by one of the members of that studio. Oh, like, really? Someone introduced me to them. And oh yeah, kept, you did. Asked yeah. me what I said. Like, oh, I'm just shame you didn't like the review. And then the guy was like, oh, by the way, this is the producer, <laughs> um, and he was lovely about it. Like there was no malice at all, and the producer was just like, I really hope we can win you around like we've got some really interesting stuff planned fuck me he was right like I want to meet him and go like you I'm sorry absolutely smashed this <laughs> and and the biggest compliment I can pay is that I now look back as at episode one as a necessary piece like I might not like it in isolation but as a yeah. part of the wider whole it totally makes sense now and that's amazing like they've it's not something episodic games maybe should do because you open yourself up to people just going, no, nah, this isn't for me. But it's brave and exciting and interesting and just like nothing else. And and like I said, I think it's important. It does, at least visually and conceptually, it does stuff at the end of episode five that I was surprised to be seeing a game doing. Wow. Like it feels like it deserves, like I said, it feels like it deserves to be among the hip films that it loves so much huh. it's it's high praise quite something like really weird that's on my list i'll it's check good it stuff. out i'll make some time um something which isn't going to be important i mm. don't think is sadly the steam controller oh have you got I it i got it it's just over there you can have a grab the little owl uh the little owl yeah the funny owl um i bought this uh, on a whim basically because i thought i wanted to check it out and uh, i've been really disappointed with it i have to say um it's almost um in some ways, a kind of representative of, of the PC as a as a system in a weird way. <laughs> oh, go on. Um, in the that fact happens. that, like, I, I like the PC a lot, but I, I find it that often what I love about the PC is you have this ability to be flexible with it, right? You mm. can use keyboard and mouse, but you can plug in a, a pad as well, and you can play with a pad. Yeah. And it's like the PC, in many ways, is the apart from being portable, is the ultimate games console of course yeah providing you are willing to be flexible yeah however lots of people do not treat the pc in that manner and they think there is a right way to do it Mm. and people enjoy um the elements of the pc that allow for endless tweaking in option menus and and are very purist about just using mouse and keyboard for almost everything um i think that's that's dim because Mm. it's like you've got this sort of this world of options and you should just embrace whatever option feels right at any one time and feel free to be flexible with this stuff. Now, the Steam Controller is strange in the fact that it's kind of been made with the idea that you can play Steam games on on uh, on your on your couch, basically. Yeah. Um, or your sofa, if you're not an American. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Matt? God Jesus. damn it! Uh, but it doesn't... It's one of these things where in trying to be the all-everything-in-one, we don't need anything else. Yeah. It doesn't really work because it's like, it's not better than a mouse and keyboard. For right. obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also not better than a controller um, for yeah. reasons which are less obvious. Um, I'll try and get to in a second. So it's this weird thing of being like, I've already got a mouse and keyboard um, and I've already got an Xbox 360 pad or sometimes I use a PS4 pad uh, for you know games on the PC instead. Um, so what, what's this for? Yeah. And really you sort of think, well, you could, I suppose, sit and play more like mouse and keyboardy games on, you know, on a sofa from mm. further away. But having tried it a bit, I just think, well, what would you play? Like, because the, no, you're not going to put like a 4X game on it no. and just twiddle about. 
This is the thing is it's almost like basically the problem with it is you've got these amazing kind of haptic things which look really cool and when you see someone doing this with them I'm just rubbing my thumbs over mm. the haptics they look really futuristic and awesome <laughs> and it makes this sort of weird noise that sounds like a robot is dying in your hand <laughs> when it's switched on it's like interesting it like vibrates um, I'll show you I'll switch it on just so you can uh, so you can see what feel it feels like but it's it's does this thing that lots of people hate the haptics in it I don't particularly mind mm. I think actually weirdly in a way it's kind of crazy faux future this yeah. thing that is like um see that you can oh wow that's weird it sounds like digital static yeah it does but it's 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 basically so you can have this sort of a the vibrations provide haptic feedback basically it's a tiny speaker uh... which makes it feel like something it's only on the, the ones that are right at yeah. the moment. but um the problem is it's this weird thing of it's kind of to begin with, the sensitivity of what you're moving around as a mm. pointer is a bit low, but when you increase it, it sometimes just doesn't work. Like sometimes you like move it upwards and it goes the wrong way. Uh, and the big problem here actually with this is the fact that you have to use the controller mm -hmm. by, you can't just rest your thumb on it naturally like you would a stick. Usually on a thumbstick, you would, this is gonna be kind of, apologize for podcast listeners because it's gonna be tough to do this, but I'll try my best. You can't just rest like the whole of your thumb on the stick and mm. move it around. You have to, um, kind of like use the tip of your thumb because it's it's a touchpad you have to be quite yeah. sensitive and as you can see on the mouse on the screen there oh, yeah, yeah. on the mouse but so when you start doing the that's me just doing the whole thumb and it's just a bit you can't really control it so you need to use the tip of your thumb effectively what that means it means when you're playing you constantly are, are hooking your thumb if you get your thumb in your hand for those of you at home uh, you, and hook your thumb at a 90 degree angle you have to kind of keep your thumb hooked and also quite controlled for quite long periods of time. Mm. And you know what? After a couple of minutes, it's just not comfortable. Tennis thumb. That's it's, what they call that. Is that what it's called? No, I made it up. <laughs> I like it though. Tennis thumb. It works out. But the weird thing I realized after um, playing with this, it's sort of in a way, it's it's reminded me how good actual controllers are. Yeah. Um, because what's lovely about using normal thumbsticks is, yes, normally you will rest the tip of your thumb on the thumbstick and control it, or maybe the middle of your thumb. Mm. But you know what? After you've been playing like for a few hours... You can just be lazy with it. You can be lazy. Like... You can start to use like halfway between your thumb and your mm. hand. You can use like different bits of your hand. Sometimes you can just physically hold your hand on the controller because it is mm. just a very blunt, simple instrument. You can effectively... Have I stopped recording this somehow? I just need to check if I've stopped recording it. Still a timer going. Are we all right? I think we're probably fine. It's just the problem is that my uh, Steam. Yeah, I think we are fine. Uh, <laughs> just that using a Steam controller is also controlling my PC, and I was like, "Have I just ruined my own podcast?" One out of ten Steam controller, <laughs> Steam controller broke It is bad. No, it's just it's a shame. It's this weird thing of you know having these two haptic pads means that the actual buttons are in a weird position. The stick. Is I've in heard a, weird a lot position. about the the buttons feeling too far away. Which it's a very chunky, worrying. odd piece of gear, and it's just like, I mean, I think the only way it will work is if people start actually, and they might do that, I don't know whether there'll be an install base big enough, but if they start actually making games which have a Steam controller mode, where it's actually been optimised mm. for using the Steam controller, then that would be good. Because you know what, I'd like to play a game like, you know, Endless Legend of 4, I'd like to play a 4X game on my sofa, like, you yeah. know, a Civ game, but they need to be made with... Because the touchpad haptic thing, mm. the, you, the precision is just too much work after a long that time. So it needs to be something which has really big chunky buttons. It is that troublesome, yeah, like you say, it's the optimization. Like I was listening to good gaming podcast Midnight Resistance this week, um, talking about how playing Destiny on a Vita, uh, because it's made, because it has yeah. built-in 
it Vita works. controls, it's really good. And then someone tried it with uh, Metal Gear Online, and it was bullshit because yeah. there's still f- stuff tied to the back touchpad. It is that that thing where you just have to someone has to put some work in somewhere. It makes make sense. Work. I played a lot of Destiny on the Vita, like on mm. um, when I was at my girlfriend's parents' house last mm. year. Like I was just like my PlayStation was switched on at home, and I was playing Destiny via it's the internet. Magic. And it was like this is magic, and also it'd been optimized in a way that made sense. Obviously, you can't do anything really pro, but you can mm. play. Like it works. Um, but yeah, no, this is, and that's what kind of I think is, and that, to get to back, back to my original point of it being kind of like, you know, represents a lot of what is often not good about the PC, mm. but is often heralded as being the best thing about the PC. It's just not optimized, right? But what you've got is you've got this sea of options. So you've got all these, like, you can go in and you can be like, how sensitive do you want the haptics to be? How much feedback do you want? Like, how oh much, could you want it so that when you hold down this trigger, it changes what this whole pad does? So there's an incredible amount of customization there. Mm. So it's the idea is it's being like, well, it, it it's this idea of like, well, it might not be perfect, but that maybe you haven't spent enough time going and tweaking it. And it's like, oh, you know what? No, I, I don't, don't want that. that. Yeah. Like, I want something that I pick up and it just works. Yeah. And that's for me, hardware, that is a big thing. Yeah. Like, I want something that feels tested and slick. And obviously it has like user-made versions, things that, you know, I went and tried Metal Gear Solid 5 with it. And it was like, mm. I just went and used the user-made setup. It was just rubbish. It's like, it's just, this is <laughs> awesome. just not... It doesn't feel good. Mm. It's like, there's no reason I would use this instead of a pad. Interesting. Um, I would. So, I don't know. It's like, I just hate that when sometimes, like, that's one of the things where sometimes, although I like the flexibility of having a PC, you know, it's like I've been a PC owner my whole life. Like, mm. I'm a software guy. I use lots of crazy software. I love using stuff like Premiere to edit because I can just throw anything at it. And if there's any problems, I can just, I've got an array of third-party programs mm. which can just do my bidding. Like, it's not like I think PCs are bad. I think PCs are awesome. Mm. But I think sometimes people fall into the trap of feeling like the best thing is to have millions of options so you can customize everything to be just right for you. That's always nice for when you want it. Mm. But what's more important than that is things just being well, good. Like, it should be a fallback. Like yeah. software's created to fill a gap, not to exist. Yeah. Like not to make things work. And it kind of feels like it's like, hey, make it your controller. And I'm like, no. Mm. <laughs> You make something. I bought a thing. I want it to work and be good. And I can't be bothered like spending hours uh, doing that. So. I would like to say it's got GameCube style clicky triggers. So it's a Darth Souls A plus from me. Yeah. That's yeah. It. It's, it's nostalgic now. <laughs> I really want to like it. And I've been trying to like it. But at the moment, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like it's just because I've got like other controllers and because I've got mouse and keyboard it's just going to go in a box because it's like well I've got everything <sighs> it doesn't do anything better it tries to be a bit like a mouse and keyboard tries to be a bit like a controller doesn't e- do either of those things very well little owl in um, a box little owl in a box especially because you know I've got a PS4 pad that I can just plug in and yeah that's awesome and it's really well made and it, it just works. works and it's brilliant and yeah that's but a shame I, it is a shame but I've been playing a really good game this week actually what's that not much, but I played a bit of Downwell. I've got Downwell. Let's talk about that game. It's good, isn't it's it? It's cool as shit. You go down a, down a well. You go down a well and it's all black and white and red. It is cool as shit. It's actually almost like, it's so cool that it makes me feel like, oh, you're too cool for your own good. Oh, it's like, it's, it's so Devolver that it's a joke at this point. Like, Devolver are, I've tried, I've pitched this feature so many times and it's Devolver that won't do it, to their credit. But I've tried to get Devolver to sit down with an indie record label and talk about how they are basically doing exactly the same thing. They are just finding people who make them look wicked <laughs> yeah, all the time. And this is like 
some 23-year-old Japanese indie developer, which is basically a thing that doesn't exist in Japan, remember? No, not Ma- now. Making, like, a fucking cool as shit game with virtual controls that work. Like, you've been playing it on computer, haven't you? Yeah. I've been playing it on iPad. Fine. Like, I was, I went into it like, oh, this is going to be a bit janky. And it just works. It's a bit... I tried it on my phone, a bit too small. But on an iPad, perfect. Because it's got that... It doesn't play in portrait. It plays landscape. But with like a thin strip of the screen I didn't even on each know it side was on the iPad. Yeah, it's perfect. It's really, really I've good. I've just been playing it on um, on the PC again with a PS4 pad because it's got a really nice position D pad, so you can have that real precision. Nice. Um, but it's uh, it gets a hell of a thing. It's uh, yeah. it's very very simple. Basically, the idea is you're just jumping down a well and you have gun gun boots, boots obviously, because you know since bayonetta, everyone needs gun boots. It's just the law. Um, so you, you shoot downwards with it and it's sort of that thing a bit like in Cave Story that being like your guns are also sort of a jetpack. They yes. don't make you go up, but they make you kind of slow down. Slow down. Or sometimes go up very, very, very slightly, but not really. Mm. Um, and the idea is you're falling down. It's a randomly kind of you know, procedurally generated uh, caves. So you're basically falling down. Mm. And then you have enemies that you can basically kill with your gun boots, but then you have some enemies that you can kill by just jumping on them. Yeah. And that's really satisfying. That's And that's most enemies, which makes yes. the ones that you can't really fucking annoying because you'll go, enemy, enemy, enemy. Oh, shit, that one's covered in spikes. And just try to, like, smash yeah. yourself into a wall. Yeah, or shoot it. And that's the thing is it becomes this... It's got lots of really clever um, mechanics that tie together to make a game which is so simple but, like, really fucking elegant. Mm. And the fact that it's like, yeah, you can shoot enemies with your shoes, but then you realise that that's not a good thing to do because then it means if you need to shoot something and you don't have any ammo because your ammo reloads mm. when you land on the ground again, Which breaks your combo. Which breaks your combo. Yeah. It basically means that you have to just keep bouncing off enemies, bounce, 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 and then save your bullets for either A, because there's an enemy beneath you that you need to kill mm. with guns, or often you need to use the bullets to just keep yourself afloat so you can get to the other side of the room because there's an item room and yeah. you're going to miss it if you don't do it. But it has this really, really neat thing that I love that... Um, it reminds me of playing um, like MMOs or just RPGs, mm. like the kind of action RPGs, not like the kind of old school turn-based battle ones, where you did that thing of being like, oh God, oh, the monsters are chasing me, we'll just keep going. Yeah. Because once once you've gone, the, the, the ideal way to play it is to go down quite quickly, just bouncing off the enemies, killing everything along the way, but you miss stuff and it means mm. you, you miss enemies and then... Those enemies are still coming after you, but you've got no practical way to to efficiently and consistently shoot upwards. You can only shoot down. Because, yes, you know, I think there are like two upgrades that shoot upwards. There are things that allow you really to attack nice. up, yeah, but nothing consistent. Nothing yeah. that's like you can just do it. It's exactly. Like, yeah, it's always like it might help you, but it might might not be good enough. And it becomes this thing of you you miss a few enemies, and then it's that thing of being like, well, what do I do? Do I take the time now to let the enemies come close and try and jump on their head by like nifty jumping around them and maybe risk losing health or if there's lots of things coming after you do you just think fuck it and you just, just keep going drop. down <laughs> yeah. and you keep dropping faster and faster to shake them because it's that thing of being like if you get to the end of the level then you lose them all they yeah. won't chase you but there's that thing of like you kind of end up doing the thing of being like Ah, there's lots of things I need, and you, you kind of get forced into a pace which is uncomfortable of just mm. hurling yourself down just because you're being chased by so many things that you can't slow down. And yeah. it's this, it's a really nice thing of, of pace of being like, don't look back, don't look back, yeah. just keep going. Like and Speaking of elegant systems, there's the, the one that really resonates with me is super simple, which is as you go down, you there are these caves that have time voids, which stops everything chasing you. You walk into the cave 
and there are gems or a shop or mostly there are gun upgrades or gun variants. Mm-hmm. So you go in and usually you start with machine gun, which is just sort of 10 ra- uh, auto-firing bullets. And then you'll go in and you'll find like burst fire or shotgun or laser. And this is nice uh, and they have different attributes. But some are just worse than others. And you will... The, the, the genius of it is that picking it up also gives you one health point. Yeah. So you go well, sometimes in, it gives you extra like ammo. Yeah. So sometimes you go in and go... I don't want that. I hate burst fire. Burst fire's shit and is for idiots. But I'm on two health out of five, and I'm really not sure if I can get through this level. And so you just like, fuck it, I'll just have to take it. And then you're forced to change your tactics. And it's just perfect. It's this, like, it's it's that, like, like one step ahead design yeah. that you don't find often. Uh, it just work, it works so well, and it just manipulates you into playing different ways constantly. It's really nice. Like it's really smart, and it's like I think it is one of those kind of roguelike things in the fact that you do unlock stuff. But the stuff you unlock over time is like, as far as I can tell, like you unlock different variants of characters, which allow you to kind of like play with slightly different like starting setups. Some change how much of how much you see of shops. Say so. There's, yeah. there's, I think the first one you unlock is like you almost never find a shop. Yeah. Um, which is a consistent source of HP. So you kind of go, well, this is interesting. So yeah, it's that kind of yeah, small so there's like change. Slight changes like to how you can play, and then there's lots of them are just like color changes. Yeah. It's like Because the whole game, I mean, the art style of this game is crazy in the fact that it's just like, as you say, it's just black, red, and white. Mm. But it's done in a really minimalist way that works, and the fact that it's like, it means that you start to realize that the colors mean something. Yeah. And it, it's nice because it's like, for a game that does have kind of cool explosions and cool like pixelated mm. mad stuff, it's it's the v- core visual design is so simple and clear that you always know exactly what's going on. Mm. And if you don't, it's because you're not paying enough attention. You're not good. It's it's not like it never gets obscured, which makes the palette changes really interesting. Because like, have you tried Game Boy mode? I did, and it's really hard. It's so much harder because it turns red off. So yeah. you've only got two colors, and then you can't tell. Like, if you can't see red, you can't see the enemies that kill you when you step on them. No. It's not as clear. Fuck. You have to know the game more, and it's yeah. like, oh man, but it looks really cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, it's it's really really cool. And um, I, I one thing I lo- love about it, and it's not it's actually a visual thing. Mm. The use of half tone is fascinating. Like this is kind of a graphic design thing. Mm. It's fa- like because it is so true to not just being like when I say it's like black and white and red. It's not like those three colors. It's like three tones. Like yes. there's not there are no other tones. It's not like you have like the color red and then there's like light red bright red it's mm. just one red and it means that the way they do it is using a, a technique which is usually used in, in print uh, mm. of half tone of being like well you kind of vary this by like having kind of gaps in between of having kind of a lattice effect or mm. like diagonal effect of being like black red black red to kind of phase it out and it, there's so many different half tone techniques it's, it's fascinating like even like when gems are fading out it doesn't like it's yes it's not yeah. actually a fade it's not that actually the opacity level of the, the gem is going from 100 to zero. They're it's, literally changing how it's made up. It's it's changing it through halftone. Yeah. Being like, it's reducing the number of pixels that are red until there are no red pixels anymore. It's really cool. And it's it's like really, really cool. It's just fascinating. It's like, I've seen a lot of people bringing in this sort of stark old school tone, but to go take it that far and actually use like almost as if it is like, not just being like a cool style, but being like true to this idea of I'm only going to use three color tones. Yeah. Like for the whole thing, it's and it's, finding your way, finding ways out of that, finding ways to make effects still look cool and smart and modern. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's like it, it, I think it's it's kind of 
it's nothing to do with the way the actual game is, but I think it's also something that's like a bit of a sign for for what why it's good in a way. It's mm. like that level of attention to detail for something which seems pointless of being like someone's gone out of their way so much to make because they had this idea. Like they just think I, I want it to be like this. Yeah. I want it to only have three colors, and they've they've gone off on that and. There would have been so many opportunities throughout this to just do something a bit easier, but no, it's going to be like this. It's very, it's very like very so, very yeah. just so, you know. The music's fucking bonkers good as well. It's yeah. Like, it, if you've listened to us, you already know what the music is going to be. Like, I I bet everyone can imagine like a slightly action-oriented chiptune song. Yeah. Um, but it does one thing that I, I've not played it enough to fully understand but I think it's got this bar which is called which fills up as you get gems and when it's filled it says gem high yeah I'm not entirely sure what that does do you know I think it means you get more gems oh okay and so it, it just gives you, you more bigger gems when you kill stuff if you're off I think it's off if you're off gem high or if you've got no gem bar at all the music just turns off and it clicks in your brain and you're like I've got to do stuff to make the music come back Like, yeah. and it, it fires you up it makes you more aggressive just by going nothing's happening I'm doing badly which is kind of amazing. Like, it's weird. It's just it, the the momentum in it is very strange. It's just this thing of like you feel like, and in my head, I'm like, actually, you don't need to be going down this quickly. Mm. Like you can slow down a bit. Yes. But in my head, I'm like, no, keep going. Go, 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 go. Like hurling myself down as well, like yeah. turbo face, and and it's a turbo face, turbo face, turbo face. Why not? <laughs> That's why not. Uh, but it reminds me of well, obviously, it's, it's very Metroid. It reminds me of um, the first Metroid game I played was not a particularly good one. I think it was Metroid Two on the Game Boy Micro. I got it on and. Uh, I think because I'd heard Metroid was great, and mm. I don't think that one actually was that great. But I think I might have played um, the same one. It was one. really hard, really hard, and not terribly satisfying. But it had lots of rooms that were almost like this game, with lots of like long, thin, yeah. downward rooms where you had to like very specifically jump up on single blocks. Axiom Verge has a lot of that this year as well. That was... And it was a real pain in the ass. But I just remember it being really kind of brutal and having lots of rooms where you drop down and then. Oh, you just hit a Metroid. Oh, you've hit another Metroid. Oh, you've lost like loads of your health, and it being like, God damn it! Except this is actually fun. Yes. Whereas that it's built wasn't for it. that much fun. Yeah. Oh, it is interesting. It's very good, and it's like it's to be honest, it's not actually like grabbed me in a way. It's like I started playing it, and I was like, Yeah, this is clearly very good. I played it for about half an hour, forty minutes. Got into a zone with it at one point, and got mm. quite excited because I was like, Oh, I'm actually like blasting through it. I got like almost the end of the second world, and I was like, Oh man, like I'm doing good. Um, but I don't know it's like it's not the sort of game that I find myself like really wanting to play really yeah. but it's it's clearly very good yeah it's a weird one because I got it as a phone game because I get the train a lot mm-hmm. I was like this is a perfect train game um, but it's not because firstly it's the best train games on a phone are always one handed for a start and this is very much two handed and the virtual controls push onto the screen in on the phone version so it's actually it's a if you're going to get it on a mobile device get it on a tablet or I think it's only on iPad at this point um but yeah it's sort of it's more in depth than it you would expect it to be it's, yeah. it's got a feeling of like oh there's a real game in this where you you see it at throwaway which is not its fault yeah yeah it's kind of it definitely weird. is one of those ones where i really feel like kind of maybe hold off a little bit because I think it's being very well received, and mm. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out on PS4 and Vita. If you have, that's a, interesting. Yeah. If you have a PS4 Vita combo, it's probably because they keep being cool indie games. I keep being yeah. like playing them and going, I like this a lot. But you know what? It would be better if I could play it on my Vita. And Devolver sure um, love PS4 and Vita crossplay stuff, so. and I love, I, I still love the crossplay stuff on Vita. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, lots of people are like, oh, what's the point of Vita? It doesn't have any new games. It's like it doesn't need to. No. If you own a PlayStation Four. 
and you can afford to chip out and get a Vita, then it's just like, ching. Yeah. You just got like endless cool, perfect handheld mini games yeah. like that you could play on your PS4, but why would you when you can play it on a train? Yeah, it's so good. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think we've got a, a question from Mr. Quentin Smith. Oh, God. Hello, Matt, Joe, it's me, Quins. I hope you're okay back home. I think I made it safe and sound to Vancouver, but everyone's really rude. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Goodness me. Anyway, I was just in Union Square, and they have all these chess players there, and you can pay to play with them, and that gave me an idea for an activity for you boys. So a game called Chesh has just come out for iOS. I won't tell you anything about it, just load it up with the default settings and record the experience of playing it against one another. Okay, Quins, this is Chesh. Right. I think it's my go first. Oh my god. That's actually frightening. That was a moon. Whoa! You just, you just killed your own beast. Well, this is moody as hell. I'm just, not going to use a moon. A moon just ate a sort of lobster or a pumpkin. I don't know what that is. I don't know what happened though. I'm going to press this that looks like a Star Destroyer. And I'm going to move it two forward. You did. Fine, I Nothing didn't kill happened. anything. That's horrible. Oh my god. It's <laughs> the most intimidating game. <laughs> it's got these crazy bright colours and kind did of you, ebbing you, backdrop. Did you ever play 868 Hack? It reminds me of that. It might be made by the same guy. Ah, uh, okay, so it's one of those games where it doesn't tell you how to play forever. Oh, I can't kill you with what? my Star Destroyer thing. What the hell? You could move forward, move... now you can move, like, crazy everywhere diagonal. I'm not gonna use that. No, I killed my own thing! God damn it! Right, so, if you select something, you can't select another of your pieces. But you've done something. I ate my own piece. That's like a horrible jellyfish. Oh, and once you've selected it, you can't... No, you can't, tu you can't turn no. off. Oh, oh, you've no. turned it off. Oh, I've stopped it. Oh, with different colours and oh. sim... <gasps> it changes the symbols. I've got a man with a gun. Once you've selected a man, you can't deselect. Okay, I'm going to use... These look like a vacuum. I'm going there. Oh, man. A hashtag can Wait, do I'm going to see if my hashtag moves the same as your hashtag. It does. Okay, so it's not just, like, random every time. Ah, I can take your hashtag. For fuck's sake. Well, my man with the gun is going to eat you right up. It's going to eat you for breakfast. Oh, it is as well. Pow! And then the man with the gun. Well, I can't remember. That's the So this is the game, is remembering how things move, isn't it? It That's might That's what it is. But then they changed, because your thing moved... That just... Right, okay, that moves like a weird little... Duster. I see, maybe... That, oh, I've... Does it carve a path? Oh, it shows you how they've moved. That's interesting. It shows you where they move from land. This is like a rabbit. That's a crazy little dog, isn't it? Oh, a dog. It's upside down for me. Oh, man. So that's it. If you click on the wrong thing and you can only move into your own things, that's why you have to eat them. Yeah. Because you've made you've the mistake. You've been an idiot. Well, see, what can you do with that? I couldn't do that. Or could I? Maybe I could. Did you ever... I didn't see if you're square. I'm going to move it there. No, I can. Oh, I can eat my... He ate my gunman. I ate your gunman. You ate my gun. You sunk my battleship. Oh, shit. Whoa. Well, you're just going to eat me. Oh, this is really bad. I'm going to go there. So I moved what looks like a king or queen into a very dangerous place. Oh, ah, you can only eat your own man. pieces, you idiot. Oh, I don't want to eat my own pieces. Wait, can I eat your piece now? I don't know. What if I kill your special piece? It sounds like the kind of... I'm going to kill your special piece. 
I killed one. Oh my god. Oh, you've got a health bar. I lost loads of health there. Oh, and it's got timers oh, as well. Oh, I can't. Yes. Oh. Yes. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna eat your goddamn humans. Uh, you move there, dog, into a corner, nice and safe. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. Chesh. I <laughs> just chest your thing. Mm, chesh is really just too powerful for my brain. It's a bit intense, isn't Why it? Why did I choose this? I'm gonna kill your dog. Eat that dog. Does that take down your health as well? I think it all Ooh, does. I think right, time so does the big, as well. So the big pieces oh my God, are just time. more of your HP. Yeah, and the, your time is also your health. Is it? Yeah. Oh, Christ. Your health bar and your time is the same thing. This is horrible. <laughs> uh, where can this gunman move? One forward. All right, little pawn man. Okay. Um, I'm going to... No! Pressure's on, sandwich. No. My dog's dead. I killed my dog. I killed your dog and I liked it. Hope you don't call the police. Ah, I'm gonna eat your box. Oh, Jesus, man. Right, this is. We've got two HP left. The neighbours are gonna be listening to this and be like, "This is the most erotic <laughs> podcast I've heard him recording this ever." It's quite something. This is really different. I'm going to. What can I do? Where does anything move in this game? I'm gonna move this duster. Diagonally right. Oh, it's man. really like the music is quite unpleasant, like in a good way, obviously. Your hashtag is fucked, mate. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> just saying it. I'm just playing mind games. Just, uh, just smack talk, isn't it? <laughs> Doesn't matter if it's true or not. Nope. Uh, you're going there. I'm sort of built an enclave around my remaining guy. Oh no, I'm in huge trouble now. Uh, how do I get out of this? I think you can go there. It's one each. Oh, how do I kill you now? I don't know if I can. Oh, God! <laughs> I hate Jesh! <laughs> yes. These are so weird. Like, it's kind of hard to... I don't know where the boxes move at all. I don't get them. They can... So, to explain, this piece can move... I think diagonally or sideways as far but as not once, but but only only up until the first obstacle. It it's meets. really odd. It's like the way that the the units move is sometimes uh, obvious and sometimes just doesn't make any sense. You're going th there. Oh no, I'm an idiot. Damn it! <laughs> Defeated. I think that I think you'd had that move for ages and neither of us had seen it. Maybe, yeah. Oh, Chesh is That's hard. Chesh. So yeah, it appears to be a chess game in which the Tiles are randomised every time, and they you have to relearn how pieces move every game. And which it's is kind of amazing. It doesn't make any sense. And is incredibly intense. I love the music. It's it like is really it's good. It's like being in a in a in a dream sequence it's, from like Hotline Miami. I was going to say what it is yeah. is like if you walked in on two gangsters from Hotline Miami playing chess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's it. That's it. And then you battered them. That to death. was one hell of a thing. Thanks for that, Quins. Uh, we did work it out though. It was like being in the Crystal Maze though. Of being yeah. like, what is this? What are we doing? But he's done that on purpose, hasn't he? What yeah. he's done is gone. They'll learn. They will. I believe they're smart enough just to deal with this. It's nice. He believed in us. I thought you'd just. Brought up uh, subterfuge on your iPad. iPad. No, I was about to freak I'm out. done with that. PTSD. Subterfuge is still real. No, I'm not playing it anymore. Quinns is still playing. He started another game of subterfuge. That's mad. I think That's he's crazy. Madness. And we got a, a couple of questions. Um, oh, sweet. I really bad at this. I, I need to work out how to do it because we've now people are still asking questions in the last one. Oh, okay. And we run out. We didn't do all the ones in the last one. 
Oh, one day if, I will learn an elegant way of having a question system. What if moment. you have a pinned post at the top and then you just read from the last week? I think that might be something so to this do. This is the question garbage bin. Not I think, that the questions are garbage. That's the wrong wrong metaphor. Jesus, what I'm saying is to undermine the audience. It's a cool post box. <laughs> that's the more that's the more you know traditional way of referring to people sending you things. The sign on the post box it says "cool post post box falls away." <laughs> Read well, it's garbage. Just, it's bin. a veneer. It looks like a, a steel post box, but it falls down. It's just a goddamn bin. <laughs> it's a bin. Um... Barney, What's the first from the bin? <laughs> first from the bin is uh, Barney, whose uh, avatar is a dog wearing a funny hat. Matt, when did you find your love of edibles and the construction of them? I'm assuming he means food rather than like edible. Edibles is a common underwear? term for drugs. Is it? As in like uh, hash brownies. Oh, right. Are you well into them? I thought it was like a term for like edible underwear. Well, it, I mean, that is literally what it's called. So it I'm not really too. in love with, with drugs or edible underwear. I'm quite the prude. Um, <laughs> I think he means cooking. I what don't about know. hash I think, brownie underwear? That's I think, the next step. I think I got into cooking because I used to like not have any money and being able to cook food well is a is one of the most efficient ways that you can vastly improve the quality of your own life. It's the only reason I do this podcast is because we get dinner. I've, I've mentioned this before. <laughs> yeah, not always. Some weeks I'm bad. Some weeks I'm busy. Well, but I'll take most weeks. That's all right. Most weeks I'll are let, pretty good. I'll, I'll take the hit. It's curry night tonight. We had curry. It was good. Imagine big, that. Big night in, it said on the box. It did. And that's what we had. We've had a big one. Oh, we're still having a big night in. Still going on. It's never the, ending. The work never ends, does Can it? I stay over. <laughs> let's have a big sleepover. Let's have a big camp. After this, let's order another curry. Oh my god. That's the biggest <laughs> the night I've ever heard of. Night never stops getting bigger. Oh, Exponentially increasing night. So flatulent. Um yeah, everyone should learn to cook. It's really good. Um I have lots of people asking me all the time if I will uh, if I will do more cookery videos. Maybe I, if I do, it will be on a different channel because it would be a bit odd having them on Cool Ghost. It was a bit odd having them on my old YouTube channel, to be honest, but that was fine, cool. uh, but to be honest, Cooly ghosts. I can't work all the time. Unfortunately, you know, it's mm. it's uh, it's it's half past nine on a Wednesday night, and I'm still working. Yeah. I've been working for about fourteen hours today. Yeah, it's pretty good. Isn't That's it? pretty standard, though. That's just the way it works. So everyone's like, "Oh, do some more stuff," and it's like, "Are you smoking crack? <laughs> <laughs> Are you smoking edibles? Are you smoking edibles? I need to sleep." Anyway, um, Paul C asks about the steam controller. He says he's waiting for his to arrive. How big a mistake have I made by buying one? I think, unfortunately, we've all made a bit of a mistake. Sorry, mate. How much did they cost? I didn't even ask. It was about, like, 40, 50 quid, I think. Oh, it's fairly standard. At least it's not, like, 70 and you, you brought it as a kind of lifestyle purchase. No, yeah. I, I mean, it was. I wanted to see what it was like. Yeah. I read it. I think it was the big article they wrote. Uh, someone wrote about them when they first, like, unveiled them. Mm. About how they'd gone through the design process and what they wanted to create. And I love the idea. I was like, this it is, is really nice cool. Idea. But it's just not very good at the moment. Yeah. I hope it will get better. It's this weird thing if they've now said that, like, oh, the next Steam controller won't be made by us. We're going to allow the community to, like, mod it and make their own. And it's like, what? Mm. <laughs> I'm kind of like, what do you mean? Do you mean, like, 3D printing or something? Like, I don't... Yeah, I'm not sure about I that. I don't understand what they're talking about. It's that kind of phablet syndrome, isn't it? You know, like, two years ago when everyone was like, I want a really big phone. And you're like, Why? I don't know. It's somewhere in between. <laughs> like, well, it doesn't fit anywhere. There's no point. There's a uh, reason we have we demarcate. I don't get those at all. No. I got really annoyed actually. I need a new phone, and they were all huge. I was like, 
But I don't want a huge phone. I went to a friend's uh, parents' anniversary and his uncle was walking around and his entire, he had like a smart shirt on, his entire top pocket was a phone <laughs> <laughs> and it looked fucking mad. It looked like he'd put like body armour on over his heart, <laughs> like he was going to be shot at the anniversary dinner. One of my best friends after years of not having a smartphone ever, mm. in fact he was living off of old hand-me-down, that hand-me-down, uh, like phones that I'd given him, mm. like really old school, like Nokias and stuff. He had his first smartphone and he accidentally bought a massive one because mm. he didn't know how big it was. So good. He thought it was like half the size on the website. It's just hilarious watching him walking around poking <laughs> this massive tablet. <laughs> after like, it's, It is properly like your dad getting into the world of tech for the first time, but he's like our age. That's no fun. He's brilliant though, so it's fine. <laughs> um, Mugen08 asks, as you are fans of XCOM, I wonder, what are your thoughts on Valkyria? Chronicles. Never played Valkyria Chronicles. It's the kind of thing that I've often been told to do. It, it's does it also share some similarities with Fire Emblem, like there's relationships and children and stuff, or is that a different game? Uh, I think I don't remember. I, I think you don't remember. I think as well. I, I mean I think there's been a few of them now. I, I played the first one um, a bit. Um, it does have I can't think kind of like you know you've got like a wider squad of people, but you obviously have that thing if you level up your people and mm. they're like, yeah, it's that thing of their characters within the story, but then if they die, then I think they're still in the story sort of, but maybe yeah. not. I don't remember that. Maybe they were, maybe they were not. Um, I don't know. I, I really wanted to like Valkyria Chronicles. I love the style. There's this really kind of cool, like moving um, watercolor painting style. Hmm. That color fades in and out of. It was awesome. Like so much about that game I loved, but you know what? It was just too hard. And there was one mission, it wasn't even that far into it. It was like the point where it was like, went from being like a fun little challenge mm. to just being like brutally difficult. Uh, that's and never it, good. it was this mission where there was this big tank going through the desert and you had to kind of ambush it. And it was one of those really annoying things in the fact that I kept dying about halfway through the mission, but then you just have to do the whole mission again. And it meant that like, it was one of those things where it was so... Unlike XCOM, which is a bit fluid and a bit different, mm. some of these set missions were kind of like the enemies are always in the same place. Well, I was going to say, is that thing where it makes the start the start of the mission might have been brilliant when you first did it, but doing it four times, you, it becomes a chore to have yeah. to get to the point. Because it's that thing lose. of like, there, it isn't like, oh man, this time they're doing this, I've got to react. It's mm. just like, just get here, do this. And it just became like, it was just boring. It mm. was like, oh, move here, then you move here, then you fire the rocket at this. Yeah. And then I just kept getting killed and being like, like I kept being really close, but then dying, and then just being like, oh, I can't be bothered. Also, with I this. bet when they move around in the fog of war, they don't go blah, 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 like yeah. X-Con, like XCOM, which is the best thing ever. So. I had the same problem though with with Fire Emblem, like yeah. with the fact that it was like it was great fun until you started dying, yes. and then you had to do the same mission again, and it was exactly the same thing. Yeah, it's pretty tough, especially yeah, that- when you get those missions where it's like conditional to do stuff. So you get like there's one, the, the famous one is Donald, the villager you have to save, yes, and he has to level up, and yes. if he doesn't level up. He just leaves, and you're like, and he's the Magikarp of that game. He ter- he becomes fucking yeah. amazing, no, it's ridiculous. And so you look at it, and you're like, I've got, I just have to play this level again. Yeah, you do it again and again and again and again. And it's always like the early stages because the enemies are in the same positions, and the enemies you do the same thing, the enemy does the same thing. Mm. And it's just like, yeah, just let me get to the bit. I know, I know this bit. I know this bit. Um, it just should offer you a checkpoint option. It should just be like, you know, do you want to start again? Did you do you think you messed up the start, or do you want to like? Try from, like, yeah. that point. Even if it built, like... I, don't, I, I like the idea of a strategy game that builds save states into its design, going, you have three. So, you know, if you get to a point where you're like, this bit could get tough, 
and it then it becomes your fault. If you've placed the checkpoints badly, you fuck yourself over, yeah. you have to do the whole mission again. That's a bit more satisfying. That's something that um, Fire Emblem would really benefit from. And I'm yeah. glad you remember Don, because every, every time I talked about this, I got really annoyed with the latest Fire Emblem because of Don. And the fact that it's like, they put him in, yeah, he is the magic harp of the game. Mm. He's rubbish, he's useless, but then you take the time to make sure he doesn't get killed, and he becomes, like, stupid. He's absurd, yeah, it's absolutely like, just ridiculous. so powerful. You can just send him in on his own, and everyone else, he doesn't even need to attack things. Like, everyone attacks him, and then he just counteracts and mm. kills them, kills them in one hit. But it annoyed me then that they hadn't written in any plot for him. I'll tell you what they have written in for him. One of If you marry him to the slightly gothy dark mage... Um, they start up a sort of sanitised dom-sub marriage. It's amazing. She's like, he's a proper submissive and she's his dominatrix. It's really interesting and weird. Wow. Yeah, there's some some of the relation stuff, shit relationship stuff in that you game. You have to match up the weird right as people. Hell. Well, yeah, but that, some of them are a bit shit. Some of them are really Because I just matched him up with someone and it was just this weird thing. Of, also, it annoyed me that he kept carrying on like talking as if like he was like, oh, I'm not. Yeah. It's like, why isn't he... He's the most powerful man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it should be like, even if there's something quite simple, like they could have really jury rigged it in a simple way of having mm. like the character who up until that point was supposed to be like the powerful knight who's in the story mm. should have just had a cutscene where he just goes, listen, it's not me. It's him, innit? And then like all of the dialogue for really the rest cool. of the game just gets swapped and then he just becomes <laughs> this sort of like, he's like, oh really? Okay, well it's time for me to step up. That would be quite he, good. He becomes like, because it's his idea that like he's just still being like, oh well, I guess I'll just be in the barn yeah. doing hay. And it's like, <laughs> are you mental, mate? You just killed a hundred men like on you're, your own. Like You're the hero in this game. You're a hero and an insane sociopath. And it just really annoyed me that they, they had willingly programmed in this thing, this game-breaking mega hero, but they're not even vaguely... Hmm written that into the story at all I, th- I guess it's because he's optional so yes, if he's not going to turn up there's also one other brilliant relationship thing in that if you marry your character if you're a male character to uh, a mage called Muriel you help her discover the principle of gravity within Fire Emblem's world <laughs> it's fucking brilliant some of the writing in that game is spectacular some of it is really good yeah uh, it can be uh, as you say it can be quite anemic if you match up the wrong people but if you get the right people Unbelievable. Also, Kellum is one of the most tragic characters in games, but I won't talk about that now because we've gone on forever. Really good. I do like them, but I just find something about Fire Emblem games that I really enjoy them when I start and then I just lose interest. I think it's when the difficulty curve gets to a certain point where, like, you can't be forgiven for doing anything. Yeah, the second half of that game uh, becomes a bit absurd. And I've never finished it. I've got to the halfway point where there's a fairly major event. Um, This is Fire Emblem Awakening, by the way, just for people who don't know. Um, And it is really amazing. But then it steps up the difficulty in such a way that I'm just like, I'm fine. I've seen the really big deal. So that's that. (laughs) Goodbye. Yeah, Yeah, same. It's like, I wanted to carry on with it. But when it's this thing of like, oh, you put that unit in the wrong place and now it's dead. Yeah. And it's like, it just just reminds me of it. It's like, it's cool, but it's never as good as Advance Wars. Like the original Mm. Advance Wars was just so elegant. Yeah, it's insane. And it was that thing of being like, you put that unit in the wrong place, and now it's going to die. Yeah. But it was like, you knew that, and you yeah. never felt bad about it, because it was such a simple, rigid little system of, you learn to move your units around in a way so that they would be protected. Yeah. And it was like, it, there's it, because it has too many more numbers and too many more systems, it's just, it's impossible to keep track of. It remains insane to me that uh, the um, Advance Wars never got like a toy range, because they're the most el- oh. like beautiful little trucks. I would drive the APCs around forever. I'd just wheel them around my house. They'd yeah. be like those little ammo robots in Star Wars that beep around the uh, Death Star. It is a series that doesn't feel like it's been done justice by history. I mean, they, they had the kind of the 3D action game, didn't they, yeah. on the Wii? Oh, God, I yeah. Think. And that when? was like, 
Italian oh no! Wars, yeah, was that it? the same people? I didn't. Know I think that it was. was supposed to be kind of advanced, advanced Warsy. Warsy things. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was all right. I think. I think it was, but it's just the original Advance Wars was just incredible. Yeah, it's and actually mad. a lot of the sequels were very good as well. Yeah. They were all kind of individually a bit flawed, but the first one was just like, holy god, that game was good. It's on Wii U now. You should download it for sure. It's yeah, like four quid. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievably good. Mm. Like if you're not played Advance Wars, like find a way to do that because the first one is just so strong. Yeah, unbelievable. Anyway. Um, that's a weird the, question. That's right? the music that plays when I can't find any more questions. Fair enough. I do need to set up a permanent place on the website to do it. I think what I'm going to do, I've been trying to set it up so that the um, the Darth Souls page on Cool Ghost is a like a better place for you to see all the different episodes so you can comment on them. Mm. And I might actually set up a permanent pinned question thing there. I'll work it out. I'll work it out. But if you're if you're curious and you'd like to ask a question, then at some point in the next week, go and poke around on the Darth Souls. Throw in the Darth Souls trash dump. <laughs> go into the Darth Souls bin, rummage around, find yourself a treat. Get stinky. I would now go to, go to coolghost.net um, forward slash Darth Souls and hopefully um, within... <laughs> this is so lame. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I will have done something. Maybe. You know, I do do stuff. Like everyone was complaining about the fact that the iTunes feed for this was r- rubbish. Yes. I fixed it. It took me an entire day. I remember. But I fixed it. So I'm not entirely useless. We all believe in you. I just appear to be sometimes. <laughs> when you say things like, yeah, I might do it on a podcast. I just hate to make promises that I can't keep. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't have my diary in my head, so I don't know if I've got time on it. <laughs> we'll work it out. Anyway, that's been another episode of Dark Souls. Um, thank you very much, for, as ever, for joining us, Joe. That's all right. Got anything you've done last week that you'd really like to check out? There's a new episode of my podcast, Chat Very Good. My other podcast, I should say, whilst I'm on this one. Uh, and it's uh, it's a great deal of fun. I slag off the popular television programme, Mr. Robot, and made a few people upset with I've me. not seen that yet, but I've heard lots of people slagging it off as well. So. Oh, okay. Because all I've heard is good things, and I feel like an outlier. I feel like the outsider in Mr. Robot. Maybe that's the story. <laughs> um, but who knows? Yeah, it's it's fun, good. Not that's, much wrestling in it this week. You'd love it. <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to it definitely because yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't like wrestling. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's chat very good. Oh, shit, there is. Don't listen. <laughs> oh no. Um, I'll just phase out. Yeah. Also, I'm on Games Radar occasionally. I do articles. That's the thing. So yeah. I'll have I'll have uh, a re- full review of Tales from the Borderlands up that you can all read, and it will be enlightening. That'd be you. nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. Words, etc. Indeed. Awesome. Uh, well, we'll see you next week, hopefully with a guest. Uh, we'll definitely have a guest, I'm sure. Everyone's bloody busy this week. Absolutely. It's like Christmas, but it's not. Um, thank you very much for listening. My brain has just completely run out of juice, um, so I'm just going to wrap up the podcast. You can go drink some juice. saying thanks. Thanks. Thanks, bye. I, I think you're lovely. Have a good day. You too. No, and them. Bye. Bye.